You may be seated. I'm so sorry. You know, your pastors came not on time. They came early. I like that. I like that. They came early. They said they'd be there 12 o'clock. I was in San Jose and they came a bit early. And so I just grabbed my jacket and ran down. And we had, I had a box of, of uh, CDs. We got two worship CDs out from our church in Cape Town. And it's very uniquely Cape Town music, so it's not probably something you're used to. But I wanted to make it available for those of you that wanted to uh, get a CD or two, and I forgot. So we'll make a plan for those of you that are interested. Uh, when they drop me off, they'll just pick up the box. And you've got about two more before I leave San Jose. So if anyone's interested, we can do the trouble. If any, is anyone interested? Because, uh, no, really, because <laughs> someone's going to have to drive all the way out there and don't do the trouble if no one's interested. But So uh, Cape Town, bruh, I tell you what, I'm not bragging because I didn't make it. God made it. But Cape Town is the most beautiful city in the world. Awesome. It's true. Uh, what's that New York um, newspaper, New York Times? They just came out, a, out with a list about a couple of weeks ago. Top city in the world as a tourist destination on their list. Cape Town. So, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, by the way, I speak funny. Uh, you have an accent too. It's just different <laughs> to mine. So... Uh, I try and speak differently uh, to what I speak in South Africa. I try to say water instead of water. Uh, because, so I try, but I know it sounds funny. A friend of mine went to a restaurant in Texas. Uh, and he asked, can I have some water, please? She says, what? He says, can I have some water, please? She says, no, we don't have any of that. <laughs> So, I'll try. I'll try. Thank God for what He's doing in the world. Thank God for Victory Outreach. Amazing, amazing ministry. God is using it to restore lives. God's in the restoring business, isn't He? Restoring hope, restoring dignity, restoring purpose. How many of your lives have been restored by God? Restoring purpose to your life. So, what is purpose? What is your purpose? Do you know? How many of you are Christians? Let's see. How many of you are Christians? Okay. How many of you ask Jesus into your heart? Okay, what does that mean? Can I drink this? Some water. So, what does it mean to, to be a Christian? What does a Christian do? What do they look like? Are we, are Christians just yeah to look pretty? Are we, are we just yeah to do the right thing and the, to be the moral, you know, voice of, of the nation? Or are we yeah to, to make other people feel guilty for, for how bad they look and what they're doing? Is that what we're here for? Is that, is that what Christians are supposed to do? Or are we here to change lives? Are we here to represent the kingdom of God? Are we here to reconcile all things and people back to God? Or are we just here to wait for heaven, you know, for some trumpet sound when I get to pull out my gospel ticket that I got for the gospel train and I can get off in heaven? 
Is that what it's about? Being a Christian? You know, some people, when they invite Jesus into their heart, that means, um, I got, what it means is I got a ticket for heaven. And you'll know as much as anyone, in America, it's all about having stuff. We don't have a cooking clue. Do you have that expression? A cooking clue? You don't have a clue. We don't have a clue about what a kingdom is. A kingdom is not a democracy. A kingdom is not a republic. America is a republic. It's by the people, for the people, and we decide what our constitution should be, and we appoint people to hold us to that constitution and administrate it. But a kingdom, the king says, this is what I aspire to, and this is what I want for my subjects, and everyone says, yes, Lord. It's a kingdom. We don't understand that because we have rights, and we want rights, and we want to do our own thing. And some people want to own things because of their right to own things, and it's about having more and so they want their ticket to heaven, and they put it in their drawer because it's something else they own. I got that too. I got salvation. So when I need it, I'm going to pull it out and say, I own that too. I've got salvation. I'm in, in heaven. Yeah, I get, I get to go. And that's not what the kingdom is about. It's a losing of your life. It's a, and so let's talk about that. How do we live as Christians? Jesus was fully human. He was born. I want us to think about that for a little bit. Do you know, do you know any, anyone with the name Jesus? There's quite a few of them around. Jesus. So if you say, hey, Jesus, the world doesn't stop and things just don't, earth shakes because you, you called out someone's name, Jesus. There's a lot of Jesus, Jesuses around. And, and Jesus was a man, fully human, a human being, man, just like any other one of us and like any other Jesus on earth. But he wasn't just a man. He was also the Christ. He was fully God. And Jesus lived as a human being, fully human being all his life. He didn't get a free pass. He was a full-on human being all of his life on earth. And he lived for 30 years on earth without any miracles and without any signs and wonders, just being a human being and Christ. He was born of the Holy Spirit, so his, his daddy wasn't Joseph. But can you imagine... How many of you have got kids that are three, four, five years old? Can you imagine being a little boy, three, four, five years old, trying to figure out that you are the Son of God? He had to figure that out in his human little boyness. He didn't get a free pass. He didn't get super intelligence of a 40-year-old? He was a little boy. How many of you still discipline your kids? You do that? You believe that? Okay, I do. That's why I've got amazing kids. How many of you are the eldest? Of, yeah, you know the eldest gets the most discipline because the parents are still learning how this all works. And <laughs> So my eldest, I remember when he was about five or six, man, 
he, he got it just about every day. And I tell you, my kids are amazing. I, I tell you this, it's by God's grace. I haven't had a day of problems with my kids. A few hours, but n- not a day. Really? But when he was, my eldest, when he was, his name's Asher, means happy. When he was about five or six, he used to get, just about every day, he used to get a good, you know, spanking. Imagine Jesus at that age. He had to figure stuff out. Because one day, he had to go to the cross and pay for the the sins of the world, and he had to be a spotless lamb. As a kid, as a teenager, imagine the raging hormones that he had to deal with as a teenager and end up the spotless lamb. He had to figure it out. As a human, he was fully human that carried God, divinity inside of him. And he had to figure it out. Can you imagine? So we have a story of when Jesus was turned 12. You know, in in the Jewish tradition, when you're 12, you kind of go to the bar mitzvah and you become like associated with the men. And so Jesus gets to go on this road trip that they take to Jerusalem. Do you know the story? Yeah, of course you do. So we're not going to read it. So Jesus goes with his family and like a whole community and they go off to Jerusalem and they're coming back. Jesus had really great parents. A couple of days down the road, they realize he's not yet. Okay, it wasn't that bad. It was a different culture. Uh, It wasn't one family raising a kid. It was a community. They worked in community. They lived in community and the whole community takes care of the kids in the community. So they, they're a long way down the road, and they figure out Jesus is not here. All the way back to Jerusalem, you know what I would have been doing? I said, i got a wooden spoon, man. I cannot wait to apply it to his seat of understanding. <laughs> Does he not understand? What? He didn't get in the car. We left, and he didn't get in the car. What, what was he thinking? Imagine, 12-year-old kid figuring out what it meant to carry divinity in this human frail body with all this stuff going on. And, and his parents get there, and there he is in the, in, the, in the temple courts with the teachers. And he is blowing their minds with his understanding he had to, in his humanity, had to figure out from a little kid of three, four, five, start figuring out who he is, the Christ. And started by that anointing of the Holy Spirit on his life, started coming up, growing in wisdom to the place where his understanding was a level that was astounding these teachers. Isn't that amazing? And then his parents said, What's up? Where have you been? And he says, I've been about my father's business. Imagine having that understanding as a kid. 
to say, I'm about my father's business. At 12, then going through your teenage years, I just want you to get a picture that Jesus was fully human. He was fully human. And this first phase of his life, there was anointing in him that helped him to grow up in wisdom, in understanding, in the identity of who he was with Christ carried in him. And also, there had to be anointing on his life for purity. Because he had to figure this out and remain pure all these years with raging hormones and the, and, and the young girl saying, whoo, you are hot, boy. And he had to deal with that. You think he got, he got a free pass on that? Come on. Listen to your pastor's wife. Come on. And then at the age of 30, there's almost a, another dimension or an, another phase of the anointing that he enters. After he's baptized and the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. And from then on, he starts operating in miracles and signs and wonders. And there's power anointing in his life, which wasn't evident for 30 years. You imagine that? Some of us expect a lot before you're 30, but Jesus was growing in stature. He was growing in wisdom. He was growing in understanding of who he was, carrying in humanity, divinity. Isn't that incredible? And, and at some stage, he starts gathering some that he's going to disciple and train up in his father's business because he knows he's, he knows what it's about and he asked them this interesting question he gathers around with these disciples he asked them this, this he says who who do they say the son of man is now when when scripture refers to the son of man it's referring to his humanity when scripture refers to the son of god it's referring to his divinity. Very often, even uh, scripture will twist it, uh, twist the words, will say Christ Jesus, usually referring to his humanity. And when it says Jesus Christ, referring to his divinity. And it's an interesting thing to go, and I, I want to be real careful not to make any theological statements today because we can start talking about, you know, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and the Trinity, and that word doesn't even exist there, you know, uh, but we, and I don't want to make statements and absolutes. I just want you to wrestle with, with this dynamic of Jesus, the man, carrying in him divinity. And, 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 and he says, who do they say the son of man is? And they, and they say, oh, some say this, and some say that, and some say you're, the, you're a prophet, and some, and it's all like human you know, descriptions. And then Peter says something that is mind-blowing. He says, revealed to him by the Spirit of God, he sees something in Jesus that other people never saw, never realized was going on, and he says, you are the Christ. 
the son of the living God. That's awesome, man. He recognizes that in this human form that everyone's been seeing is the Christ, the son of God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. He says, this has been revealed to you by the Spirit of God. And he says, Peter, on this revelation, I'm going to build my church. On this revelation that I'm the Son of God, carrying divinity in humanity, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell are not going to prevail. And then he goes on and he says to them something interesting, that they got to too receive power to bind and to loose. It's in, in, in Matthew 16, verse 14 to 19. If you want to look at it, it's fine, but we, we don't got to take a lot of time. And then Jesus, so there's the first phase of Jesus' life. For the first 30 years, he's, he's living in this anointing of identity and holiness, purity, and figuring out who he is. And growing in wisdom and understanding. And then he comes into this phase of, of an anointing as the Christ. Where there's signs and miracles and wonders. And then a third dynamic or third phase or third type of anointing that he enters in. Is when he dies on the cross. And he goes down and conquers sin and death. And he's, he's raised up by the same spirit that dwells in you and me. And now, no, not only does he, is he able to perform miracles and signs and wonders, but now, victory over sin and death to the degree that he can reconcile man to God. I want you to see that. Never before could he do that. But he's growing in this anointing. He's growing in this identity of carrying Christ in him and fulfilling his father's will and doing his father that he comes to a place of obedience even unto death and through the resurrection can now reconcile man to God. Isn't that incredible? So I want you to see this. God was in Christ. We'll look at a scripture just now that'll show it to you. God was in Christ. Jesus, the man, carried Christ. Can you see this? God was in Christ. Jesus, the man, carried Christ. And Christ is carrying the fullness of God. Do you see that? And now Jesus is growing into this. I want us to look at a passage of scripture quickly. 2 Corinthians 5, if we can find that. Okay. So, um, I didn't travel with my big old Bible, so I'll just, I've got it on there, but it's a little bit difficult to go and reference it quickly. Okay, I don't know what BBE is. But it's a, tra it's a translation. What's, what's the first, first uh, uh, verse um, 15? Can we go to verse 15? 
There we go. Actually, go to verse 16. I want to show you just a word. For this reason. Do you see that? In, in some of your Bibles, do you, do you still carry Bibles? Some of your Bibles say the word, therefore. Does your Bible say therefore? Whose Bible says therefore? Therefore. So whenever you see the word therefore, you got to do what? you got to see wherefore, therefore is therefore. Okay? Don't just say, okay, therefore, and read on. Say, if there's a therefore, wherefore is the therefore? Therefore. Okay? So let's look at verse 15 and say, wherefore that this reason is. And the reason is that he died. So he underwent death for all so that uh, we, the living, so no longer be living to themselves or living for themselves, but he came back from death for us. So we don't live for ourselves and we live for him. You see that? So Jesus died and we see this, this whole work of the cross. And therefore, verse 16, for this reason, for this time, I'll use my own paraphrase if, if I don't look back. We don't regard any man according to the flesh. Because of what Jesus did on the cross and because of that work, we now no longer, and because we don't live for ourselves, because we have died to ourselves and we're living for him, we now no longer regard any man according to the flesh. And it says, even when we previously just regarded Jesus according to the flesh, we don't do that anymore. Whatever that translation says, that's basically what it means. Do you see that? We don't regard, in other words, there's a way of seeing each other and regarding each other just according to our humanity. And in fact, people did that with Jesus, it says. But we don't do that anymore. Verse 17, let's just go on. So if any man is in Christ, everything has become new. Old things have passed away and everything has become new. Do you see that? If any man is in Christ, who's in Christ? Who's in Christ? Verse 18. But all things are of God, who has made it with peace, uh, at peace with himself through Christ and has given us the work of of making peace. Man, that's a... Do you have a, the New King James or something there? Do you have something like that? If you can find it, it'll be cool. But he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. Go verse 19. It's, maybe it says, use the word, yeah. That God was in Christ. Look at this. God was in Christ. Jesus carried Christ. Christ carried God. I want you to, I'm going to say it a few times because it's something you need to wrap your mind around. God was in Christ. Jesus was a man. A human form. But Jesus carried Christ. 
And God was fully in Christ. And Christ carried God. And this is the dynamic that we have to wrestle with. Jesus is a man, but God is fully in Christ. And Jesus is in his humanity carrying divinity. And then he gives us reconciling the word to himself and not imputing their trespasses to them. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So that ministry which Jesus had after he died and was resurrected by the same spirit that now lives in us. We received the same ministry of Jesus to be able to reconcile man to God. Okay, let's try Colossians 1 verse 26. And if you have a new King James uh, or something, something like that, that'll be, that'll be cool. It's, it's, it's not probably essential. And a, a word or two difference in a translation won't change the meaning. Never try and find a, a word in Scripture and try and make it what you want it to mean. You've got to read context. Everything has got to, got to be in context. Can we, can we, I know you're looking for a different translation, but if you can go to Colossians 1 verse 26 to 28. I can't even go to it because it's, it's on my phone there. One, Colossians 1 verse 26 to 28. Cool. My handwriting is African as well, so I gave it to the brother back there and probably confused any, everything out of him. Okay. But it says, this... Can we find 26? This Colossians. Huh? It's not? Okay. It's apple. It's frozen. Uh, this is the, the key passage I want us to look at. If it doesn't, it says, okay, let me read your Bible, brother man. This is right there. God gave it to us in print. Hallelujah for books. You know why? It says, the mystery, say with me, mystery. Mystery. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations is now disclosed to the saints. Who's the saints? You sure you're a saint? Okay, you're not a, you're not a Roman Catholic, right? Because then you have to be dead before you can be a saint. But this is us. What's been revealed to us? What's been revealed to us? Uh? A mystery. What is the mystery? To them, God has chosen to make... Who's them? The saints. God has chosen to make known amongst the Gentiles. Who's the Gentiles? Us. So we're still in the story. I'm in. I'm in. God has chosen to make known to us the glorious riches of this mystery. Say glorious riches. Glorious riches of a mystery. Do you know what the mystery is? It's a mystery, man. A mystery 
It's like a secret. And if you don't decode it, you don't get to benefit from it. How many of you have ever like, had like a, something that, that, that you just couldn't figure out? It was so complicated. Like a Rubik's, Rubik's Cube. How many of you had Rubik's Cube? Man, you've got to be absolute genius to figure this thing out. Right? And then I saw a guy once on YouTube. I'm sure it's still there. Blindfolded. And he did it in like 30 seconds or under. Blindfolded. You know why? He decoded the stuff. He knows like the secret source of what makes Rubik Cube work. There's a few things you've got to know. Once you know it and you apply it, like the whole thing just makes sense. Right? So that's, that's a mystery. It's a mystery to me because I don't have a clue what, what that stuff is. And I'm never going to get this thing to have the same color and all the size. But for the, someone that knows how to decode it, this is a mystery that's been made known to us, the saints. Don't you think we should know what the mystery is? This is the mystery. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Oh, my goodness. It's a mystery, folk. And sometimes I think we want to live a life without decoding this mystery. The mystery is Christ in you. Christ in me. Imagine Jesus getting through all those phases of life, from that little kid, the teenager, the adolescent, the full-grown man, all that stuff, without carrying Christ in him. Imagine, how on earth would he do that? How on earth, in his humanity, did he have a chance? Did he have a chance in his humanity? Not a chance. And yet we go through life in humanity thinking, we're going to figure it out, we're going to do it, and we're going to get the job done. In humanity, in our frailty. It's not going to happen. There's a mystery that must be encoded that releases glorious treasure. And this mystery is you carry in your humanity divinity. You carry it. In the same way that Jesus was carrying divinity, you have Christ in you. It's a hope of glory. God is in Christ. And Christ is in you. Remember, God is in Christ, and Jesus carried Christ. And so Christ is carrying God. So God is in Christ, and you carry Christ. You carry divinity in you, and this is a mystery. You've got to tap into this mystery. And therefore, that previous scripture says, we no longer regard each other in the flesh. Even if we made the mistake with Jesus, we don't do it anymore and we don't do it. So when I shake your hand, I'm not saying, what am I seeing here in the flesh? What are your gifts? What are your personality? I'm regarding you in this mystery. Christ is in you. There's divinity in you. There's anointing that can loose, that can bind, that can break the power of darkness. There's anointing in you. 
of divinity. Your humanity carries divinity. The same anointing that Jesus, the man, carried, the same spirit that rose him from the dead now dwells in you. Again, I'm not trying to make theological statements about the Trinity. and I don't want to go there. Leave that to your pastor to answer if you want to wrestle with that. None of us really are going to be able to tell you stuff that's absolute. It's a mystery. But, but here's the deal. So we saw Jesus growing as a young boy in wisdom, in understanding, in identity, understanding of his identity, of who he was, and in remaining pure. How? With a Christ. Divinity in him. How are we going to grow in stature? How are we going to grow in wisdom? How are we going to grow in understanding? How do we get to grow in understanding who we are in God? How are we going to grow in purity? Not in your ability, but in the divinity that you carry in you. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. How are we going to Go and do the miracles and the signs and wonders and heal the sick that Jesus told us to do. Raise the dead and do the stuff. In your ability? In your humanity? No. But you carry in your humanity divinity. How are we going to reconcile man to God? In your ability, can you convince him? No. There's nothing you can do. But in you, there's an anointing of Christ in you. And then all things are possible. Through Christ. Where is he? It's not up there. It's not up there. We don't have to say, oh, Jesus, help me. There's a Christ, yeah, in you. In your humanity. You are carrying divinity. It's here in you. And we've got to get over trying to call from some power from on high. We've got to start realizing this mystery. There's in you a divinity that God has placed you to get the job done. It's in the Christ, not the man Jesus. Some of us, we want to appeal to the man Jesus. It's the Christ, the anointing in Christ, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. What does that mean, do all things? Does it mean you can do whatever you want and you just say in Jesus' name? You in a month of prayer, right? Is that how you pray? Whatever you want, and then you say, what's the, what's the magic word? Abracadabra, is that a magic word? Do you say sim salabim? Do you don't do, you got that one? Abracadabra, what's the one? That, what's, what's the one your magicians use? Abracadabra. So you rattle off whatever you want, and then you say abracadabra, and you get it. That's how some people use the name of Jesus. They use his name in vain. They say everything I want, and then I say in Jesus' name, abracadabra. That's using the Lord's name in vain. It's not for you to do that. You in Christ. In Christ means no longer I that live. Christ now lives in me. I've died to myself. I don't even have a list. I say, what is your list, God? Christ, what is your desires, God? 
And now I agree with you and I say, in Jesus' name, because it means representing His will, His desire, His authority, what He wants, and anything you ask in His name shall be done. And I can do all things through Christ. That means, and if you see the context of it, it doesn't mean whatever you want to do. It means when you're going through hardship, because you carry in your humanity divinity, you can handle it. That's what it means. It means when you, when you do well financially and run into prosperity, because you carry in your humanity divinity, you're not overcome by greed and just stay away from church now because you've got everything you want. But you can do it. You can handle it. You can say, God, what is your purpose? What is your will? How can I fulfill that which you called me to do? So Christ is fully formed in you. Just let, let's look at a few passages. If you can't get it up there, that's cool. My scriptures have messed up apple. It's an apple. It's not even a PC. It's an apple. You can take this off the recording if you want it, but just let it be known. Okay. So I'm not going to be able to read these, these passages because I don't even have. So if you want to make a note of it, let's, let's, let's go and refer to these passages and and you'll recognize, but in Galatians 4 verse 19, it speaks of Christ being fully formed in you. For Christ is fully formed in you. You see that? Maybe I can even find it if I'm going to jump around. Galatians 4 verse 19. It says, my dear children, who, for whom I am in pains of childbirth until, who's writing this? Paul, Galatians. Who's in pains? Paul. In his humanity, in his own ability, how does he produce in them Christ fully formed? By anointing, by the divinity. But I want you to see that Christ can be and needs to be fully formed. You don't, you, you don't get born again with a fully formed Christ. You have to grow in that anointing just like Jesus as a little boy had to figure this out. To figure out what does it mean to be the child of God as a four-year-old kid, as a 12-year-old kid, as a 16-year-old, as a 20-year-old. You have to figure this out and you can allow Christ to be fully formed in you. Do you see that? Colossians 1, verse 20, it speaks of Christ being to, to present someone mature in Christ. Colossians 1, verse 28, it says, We proclaim Him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone perfect or mature in Christ. Do you see the work? The work is presenting someone mature in Christ. So there's a maturity that needs to take place in Christ. Where's Christ? In you. But you need to grow in Christ. And he needs to be mature. You need to mature in Christ. You need to grow in maturity in Christ. Ephesians. They're all around about the same place. So if you want to jump back and forth quick. Ephesians 4 verse 13. It says... Until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, 
attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Do you see that? Now I want you, I want you to know, just in case you were wondering, Christ needs to be fully formed in you, but you as an individual, you are not going to carry the fullness of the Godhead. You are not going to contain within your little individual self the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That you is a, is a, is a collective you. It's a plural you. It's the church. Okay. Not, 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 I don't want to make weird theological statements. I'm going to try and stay away from that. But you know that Christ is the head of the church. Right? So the church is his bride. What else is the church? His body. Say it with me. The church is his body. So where does the fullness dwell? In him bodily. Right? So don't think God is ever going to be able to trust you with everything. Imagine. Imagine the humility you'd have to have to have the fullness. So that's not the deal. The deal is not that you're going to have all the gifts and all the abilities. The fullness has got to dwell bodily, and we need to tap into recognizing. That's why we don't regard each other in the flesh. We regard each other Christ in you. And my brother, I honor what God has placed in you. It's divinity in you, but that is bringing fullness as a collective dis, uh, 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 display of the fullness of Christ in the earth. And even creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God on the earth. Not for you. Creation doesn't wait for you. They don't know your name. Creation's not waiting for Peter, or Pastor Esteban, to show up. It's waiting for the manifestation of, of the body. Because we contain in ourselves. So just in case you think, Oh, I can just do whatever I want. I, I, can, I can heal every sick and I can raise every dead because God is obligated to do it. No, no. You got it wrong way around. You have to say, God, what is your will? What are you doing? And how do I get on with your program? I know there's a lot of prosperity teaching going around that says, man, if you don't have stuff, it's because you, you're disobedient or you because you're missing God. Because if you... If God's in you, you just got to prosper. Let me tell you, that's not the whole story. If he calls you to be a martyr, you better be a martyr. Not say, I want to be this guy driving around in, in the Mustang or whatever you want to drive around in. Okay, so uh, let's, let's, you can't do anything to attain fullness. You can't. You can't produce fullness in yourself. And, and you know the scripture, we have to abide in the vine. You can't produce the stuff out of your own. You have to abide in him. Christ in you is producing the stuff. So you have to die to self, as we've seen. You have to die to your own agenda. No longer you live, Christ lives in you and his agenda. Now he produces in you what he wants and you says, yes, Lord. And you follow Jesus' example by obeying even to the point of death. Do you see that? So he manifests himself through you. You die and yield to that 
but recognize that it's just your humanity cannot do it. It's the Christ in you that's producing it. And so you grow into that. Is that cool? I'm going to wrap it up. Colossians 2 is a, is a whole, man, incredible. If you want to go and read it, I'll just scan through it real quickly. Colossians 2, verse 3 to 10. I'll just read it real quickly, but I'm not going to. In Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Where's Christ? In you. In you. Christ in you are hidden all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So that you're not deceived by nonsense and vain arguments. And he goes on to say this. That you are firm in your faith in Christ. Verse 6. So then just as you received Christ as Lord, continue to live in Him. Do you see that? In Christ you are rooted. In Christ you are built up. In Christ you are strengthened in faith as you were taught. See that no one takes you captive through deceitful philosophy and all that stuff. For in Christ, verse 9, all the fullness of God lives in bodily form. Do you see that? And he is the head of the body. It goes on to explain, and you can understand that we are the body. So let me, let me wrap up. I know you all got to go watch. Go watch some guys do things in their own strength. But understand this, a friend of mine who was a gangster, he was a bad news gangster, a uh, crazy guy, got in a car, hijacked a guy, put the gun to his head, and, and uh, he just said, I'm going to kill you. And this guy said, you can't. Said, what do you mean? I've got the gun. I mean, you've got a steering wheel in your hand. And the guy said, you can't. And this guy's thinking, who's he connected to? Is he, is like... Is he in a gang that's going to whack me? Is he, is he connected to like stuff that's going to, going to have repercu repercussions here? And he, sa he says to him, like, who are you? He basically says, I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. Christ is in me. You can't kill me, man. You can't kill me. And even if you could take this body, this is not who I am. This is just housing divinity. Christ is in me. And because I'm submitted to his purpose, because I'm living, I've already died to self. Because I am now living Christ in me. You couldn't even take my body unless he allows you to. Because, because he backs me. Another friend of mine as a kid, walking through the school, school uh, uh, playground, Heavy gang-infested areas. And these gangs are ganging up, and he, he just hesitates. And the Holy Spirit says to him, just keep walking. And the guy is just like the Red Sea, just part and just make room for him. The next day, they said, who were these big guys that were with you? You see, when you understand divinity, you understand that you're carrying it in the... It's not up to you. And God backs you, man. I've got angels. When I'm here... You can't see them. Their heads are just ducked nicely under the... the I got at least a bunch of angels. Really. I, I, I don't kid you. Because when I'm on assignment, they, they're on assignment with me and they've been assigned to me. 
Okay, let's not get into a whole sermon of angels <clears throat> or demons. Oh, a guy was sleeping and demons attacked him. Come and attack him. I want to just wipe him out. And he's so fearful. And he realized in his, in his spirit, he saw Christ and he stepped back into Christ. And the enemy just, just dissipated. It's like the guy that had a house and and uh, there's a knock on the door, and it's, and it's the Lord. And he says, oh, Lord, you're so welcome. Don't you, don't you want to come stay here with me? The Lord says, I'd love to. He says, I've got a room, especially my best room. You just, it's yours. Just come stay in my, in my house. And that night, there's a knock on the door. <clears throat> he opens the door, and the enemy just, ravishes the house. I mean, just rips him apart, just destroys his stuff. And the next day he says, goes to the Lord and he says, Lord, where were you? He says, where you left me? In my room? Oh, man, I get it. Okay, Lord, you can have the whole top floor. I mean, it's yours. Just, I'll sign the you know, half, half. We've got 50-50 in this. You can have the whole top floor in the neck. That night, someone knocks on the door, opens up, and the enemy rips him apart. I mean, his family, his marriage is falling apart. His kids are assaulted. And it's just falling apart. And he goes up the next morning. He says, Lord, where were you? And he says, where you left me? The top floor. And he said, he said Lord, what am I supposed to do here? Lord says, why don't you give me the house and you stay with me? Come on. <clears throat> See, some folk, when they say, I invite Jesus into my heart, they don't even know what they're talking about, man. They think it's Jesus the man. And they don't even know how he fits in their heart in any case, so they don't even, they don't even know what that means. That's why I ask you, how many of you invited Jesus into your heart? What is your heart? Your heart is the center core of everything that you are. It's your decisions, it's your will, it's your desires. It's the core of everything in your heart. And he says, I'm standing there. I want the house. I want it all. And you live with me. So that night, there's a knock on the door. And the Lord opens the door. And then he says, sorry, wrong address. <laughs> right? And we've got, we got to understand what it means to be in Christ. You've got to be in His will. When my kid's in the park and there's some bully wanting to harass her, and she says, my daddy, my daddy's going to do this, my daddy's going to get you. She's got authority from her daddy, and she knows that. But she better be in daddy's will, right? She's disobeying daddy, and she's out of daddy's will, and she gets in trouble out there. She can't say, my daddy's going to. My daddy says, and Scripture says, you better get whacked for your own nonsense. That's yours. Suck it up. Okay, so in Christ. Can we, can we summarize? God is in Christ. You carry Christ. Humanity carries divinity. You carry God. It's the mystery. It's Christ in you. 
like this bottle. If I threw this bottle in the pool, there's, there's water in the bottle. Pool is in the bottle, right? But the bottle's in the pool. Do you understand that? Christ is in you, but you've got to be in Christ. I mean, because you've got to be immersed in Him. You carry in you divinity, but you've got to be in His will. You've got to be in His way. You've got to say, Lord, no longer I that live, Christ lives in me. So when you invite Him into your heart, you're inviting divinity into humanity. You die to yourself. And now you learn to grow in those anointings of your identity in Christ, of holiness, of purity, of doing the signs, doing the miracles, but not in your own strength. Surrender to his lordship. Say, I understand the mystery, Christ in me. The hope of glory. If you, if you say yes, I mean, die to yourself, and Lord, I want to walk in this mystery. Even as Jesus grew in understanding, even as he grew in in wisdom, I want to grow and have Christ fully formed in me. Don't you want to stand with me? If you say, that's me, Lord, have your will, have your way. Be fully formed in me. Let me walk in this mystery. Let me walk in this revelation of Christ in me, the hope of glory. Let me be about my Father's business, signs and miracles, reconciling man to God. Let me be about that which you're doing, but not in my own strength. I cannot do it in my own strength, but Christ in me the hope of glory and I'm acutely aware of my frailty but I'm acutely aware that I'm carrying divinity in me Father I thank you that you brought us to a place where it's not in our own strength not in our might because we would have messed up but that you've revealed Lord even to the Gentiles even to us Lord God this mystery of the Christ the anointed one divinity in us and Father we want to be stewards Lord that allow your rule and reign and yield to you in Jesus name Amen, amen, amen.